As we always mentioned one other thing, if you're new to church, we are having a new people's dinner uh, on the 27th of the 6th, which is this month. So if you are new, we would love to have you come over to our house and have a dinner with us, have a barbecue. That would be awesome. So we'll get word out there that it's happening. Alright, um, it, it is nice to be here today. Uh, I must admit that I was in bed all week sick. So this wasn't my most productive week, but I woke up on Friday and just felt fine. So that was good. This was not a long one for me. It was two days of not great, uh, but bless my wife, she is still, she is still down and out. Um, but it's just amazing how many people are sick at the moment, isn't it? Amos was just telling me that um, the boys' class, there's only nine kids in the class this week. Isn't that crazy? So let's hope we all turn a corner soon and enjoy a freezing cold winter. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Uh, I must admit, I feel a little sad this morning because we are ending our sermon series uh, on what did Jesus teach um, as we kind of walked ourselves through the Sermon on the Mount. And I always remember doing a course on the Sermon on the Mount. So, yeah, if there's been any revelations in this series, it's not my own, it's just I did do a course on this 15 years ago um, in Vancouver. But my professor, Daryl Johnson, he used to remind us that Jesus was the most brilliant man to ever live. Uh, Jesus was the most brilliant man to ever live. Um, I mean, yes, we think about Jesus in terms of his miracles, his compassion. Often we think of him as, as our saviour. But sometimes we forget that he was also the smartest man to ever live. Uh, what we find in the Sermon on the Mount is the most profound ethical teachings to live by. I would challenge you to find a genius on the level of, Je of Jesus at any point in history. Um, his, his ethical teachings have never been exceeded, right? It's not like someone's come along and gone, well, actually, this is a better way to live. No one has put their ethical teachings on a higher plane than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So as we close this series, it's no great surprise, having given the most brilliant and profound ethical teaching, Jesus then finishes his sermon with a challenge to... Well, to implementation. Right? To implementation. Having talked about the ethics and the values of the kingdom of God, he says it's time to put it into practice. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking, don't let the Sermon on the Mount be like your gym membership. <laughs> okay? Like a great idea that you've signed up for, but you never actually get around to going and doing it. Has anyone got a gym membership like that? They're making a lot of money off your dreams and aspirations of getting fit. Jesus has said, this is what it looks like when the gospel gets hold of your life. And Jesus said, challenges his listeners to action. This is not to be interesting thoughts to mull over and consider or to put on a tea towel and hang off your oven. These are words that are to be the rock upon which we build our lives. Amen? <laughs> right? Are you with me? Good, let's get the worship team back up. <laughs> um, now this is the life. 
build on implementing his teachings. And, and why Jesus says because this is what's going to help you endure the storms of life. So, we've looked at Matthew 5 to 7. Uh, we're going to put the slide up. This is the very last passage in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to read about this. Therefore, says Jesus, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew a bit against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And then it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Amen. Uh, one of the things that I love about where we live in Sydney is in East Coast lows and these storms that keep happening that we're told are like one in 30 years that now seem to happen once every about six months. Um, and, and, and accompanying these storms are these ridiculous waves. Um, I don't know if any of you have gone and seen footage or you went and watched live at Dead Man's around from the Bower here in Manly and these huge waves roar through and pride by proximity. Some of our young adults are actually those guys who are out there surfing. Um, guys like Murray and, and Taz Van Loo. And it just blows you away, right? That those guys are paddling in to apparently something near as high as like that same last window, and they're like dropping in and riding these waves. Um, absolutely amazing. Uh, but for a few days, the winds and waves, don't they? They beat against the coast, it pours with rain, and you often get flooding. One of the big ones hit about seven years ago, and the reason it's so memorable for my family was it was also the weekend that our son Luca was born. And I remember getting SMSs from the SES about possible evacuations because we were living at the time right near Queenscliff Lagoon. And I think the dam was flooding and the king tide was pushing in and it was all just kind of rising up. And we, had, we knew this obstetrician called Dr. Becky and our plan was that she would canoe to our house and we would just have, have the baby in, in, in our apartment. Uh, I found the whole thing very exciting. <laughs> um, Victoria was not quite as relaxed as I was, and let's just say I'm glad I am telling the story. Uh, anyhow, Noah's flood of man, it never quite eventuated, uh, and Luca was happily born up at North Shore Hospital. Um, but that one seven years ago, the, the reason that one was so famous as well was the other big story was, was this. Can anyone tell me where that is? That's Collaroy Beach. And um, these houses built on the edge of Collaroy Beach lost their front yards. I think one of them, you can see their swimming pool has just landed in the ocean. Um, and yeah, that's been a big ongoing story, hasn't it, about kind of trying to shore that all up. But the foundations of those homes were exposed. 
And at that stage, that weekend, as the storms rage, as the waves beat against the shoreline, it's too late to start doing any big work building your house, right? Or to be shoring up the foundations. Uh, when the storms come, instead it is a time of revelation. Uh, put simply, you can't build foundations while the storm is raging. So what Jesus is telling us today is that when the storms come in life, it is often too late to do any building work. Instead, the storms of life will reveal the foundations of how we have built our lives. Does that make sense? Let's just unpack the passage. The house Jesus talks about is your life. Uh, We are all, in one sense, building a house. We are building a life. Um, In community, um, some of us married, some with kids. Uh, In relationship of the church, we've got jobs, we've got extended family, we've got friends, we've got hobbies, we've got clubs that we're a part of. But we are building a life. And it's a gift from God. It really is. It is miraculous. It is wonderful. It is complex. But it is an amazing gift. And it's made up of so many things. And those things that I mentioned. But it's also made up of our character. Right? It's made up of what we're like. What we value. How we treat other people. So what kind of a person are you? As you build your life, it isn't just what you do. But it's how you do it. How do you treat people? Um, Are you honest? Do you have meaningful goals in your life? Are you known as a kind person? Does your life involve serving other people? Or are you just building your own house? Right? More and more extensions. More and more... So be under no illusions. We're all building a life. And of course, in the process of building our lives, we're not just building a life that affects us. We are one that build, we are builders that affect those around you. So we're all in the building game. Uh, we all want a life well built. It would be strange if you weren't intentional about this. Um, it would be strange if you didn't want to construct a meaningful and successful life. So Jesus says, the wise person hears the words of Jesus, the most brilliant man who ever lived, the highest ethical teaching that has ever been put out there, and he hears them, and she hears them, and they put them into practice. And he said, that's like building on rock. As the letter to James says, this person is a doer of the word. They are wise because they take heed of what Jesus has taught and they build a life upon those instructions. Does that make sense? So it's not necessarily about just being smart or knowing a short history of everything. You know, 1 Corinthians tells us knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So this is about implementation. Implementation. It just is. It just is. We've got to the end of the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus says, put it into practice. So that's the life built on the rock. It's the life of discipleship that implements what is learned. Now, it would be a brave man who tries to sum up the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount 
and his teachings in one sermon. So you've got to go back and read it again. You've got to study the word and think, how am I applying this on a daily basis? Um, and obviously part of Jesus' words or teachings is the gift of salvation. But it shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't surprise us that Jesus basically has something to say on every aspect of our lives. Right? Um, he talks about our work lives. Uh, he talks about our relationships. He talks about our integrity. He talks about our purpose. Um, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think this, this series has been eminently practical. Right? This is about how we treat other people and live with integrity. Now, one of the most foundational and summary passages, though, is found in Matthew 7, 12. Uh, strangely enough, we did actually cover it during this series, so it would make sense to me to bring it into this, our last sermon in the series. Uh, it's often called the Golden Rule, and it's often regarded as the most profound ethical guide to life ever given. Do you know? So in everything, Jesus says, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus says, if you want to build your life on this ethical foundation, this rock upon which will endure the storms, do to others what you would have them do to you. In other words, treat people how you would like to be treated. You know, there's something to put into practice, right? There's something to put in your pipe and smoke. Treat other people with the concern and kindness that you would like be shown to you. It's kind of simple, right? It's kind of simple. So Jesus teaches his followers, do to others what they would have do to you. Do you want compassion? Well, be a compassionate person. Do you want mercy? Be a person who shows mercy. Do you want to be respected? Show respect, right? Step outside of yourself and consider other people's points of views, their situations, their circumstances. Because you know, the reality is that we're all quite self-serving creatures. Uh, and no one wants a life of hardship or difficulty. No one wishes to be disrespected at work, right? So, start with that. Don't disrespect other people in the workplace. You know, if you're insulted on social media, you're excluded at a dinner, don't give in return. Show what it looks like to live how you would want to be treated. Matthew 7, 12, it provides this ethical, healthy way to interact with people. So in building your life, when it's time to act, when in doubt about how to respond to a situation or how to react to a person, simply consider how would you like to treat And then do that. Why do we not commit adultery? Well, lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is because you wouldn't want to be cheated on yourself, would you? Um... Out of love, out of treating people how you would like to be treated, you know, you can apply this principle to live an ethical, moral life, right? So, something like adultery just gets put, put off the table. You know, no one here wants to be murdered, <laughs> I assume. So let's 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 we don't murder. <laughs> All right. Maybe a little bit more closer to home. We hate it, don't we, when things are stolen from us. So don't be in the business of stealing from people. It's the loving, right way to live. So there, put it into practice. Solid foundation for building a life. 
So that's building a house, your life on the rock. Then the sand is a life that hears Jesus' words and does not put them into practice. Right? That's a warning from Jesus. He says, you can hear Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount warn against building treasures on earth and then commit your entire life to getting rich, no matter the cost to your family, your friends, your integrity, or how you treat other people, right? And Jesus would say, that is building on sand. Uh, you can hear Jesus talk about oaths and letting your yes be a yes and your no be enough and then spend a life cheating people, making false promises, having no integrity. Jesus would say, you do that, you're building on the sand. You can hear Jesus warning about committing adultery and then go cheat on your spouse or be seriously, seriously unfaithfully or loose uh, in the caboose, you know, that kind of thing. And Jesus would say, yeah, okay. But you're going to be building on sand. Uh, and this is so much more of what Jesus would call, you know, an unstable foundation for your life. Uh, and just let me be clear, because we want to hear the words of Jesus, this doesn't end well. Right? It doesn't end well. And it's because of the one constant, however you build. And that is the storms that come to test the strength of the house and its foundation. The storms are the challenges of life. One house lasts, one house falls. 2022, what a couple of years you've had, right? Boy, oh boy. It just feels like we just go back to February 2020 and no one sneezed <laughs> unless to start again. Do you remember when the biggest issue we were facing was that you couldn't water your lawns? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that consumed my life. <laughs> Yeah, but much has been washed away in the last two years, right? Many of us are feeling the strain on our health, our finances, our relationships, even our faith. The storms of life hath cometh knocking. And I think it's fair to say that Jesus had these things in mind, these external tests that are often out of our hands that severely shake us. Right? Life's going along in a pretty good direction. And all of a sudden, the rug just gets pulled out. And, you know, even as I look out this morning, I, I know people sitting here who are in that situation. The storms of life will come. We don't go looking for them, but they always come. Uh, you know, if I was to sum up the current scene, right, this weekend, I'd say we are currently in the post-corona slumps, boom, slump. Yeah? We are currently in the post-corona slumps, booms, slump. Well, that's clear, right? Yeah. Yeah, during COVID, we got through, we had the blitz spirit, we're all in this together. Stay calm, carry on, it was exhausting. Then we came out, well, then we came out, then we went back in, then we came out, and then we got locked in again. But eventually, at the start of this year, we came out, and there was this post-slump boom, wasn't there? It felt like we're back! You know, we can travel, we can send our kids to school. Hooray! But it kind of feels now that we're in this post-corona slump, boom, slump. That's how I feel. <laughs> right? So many people who are sick. All the illnesses we haven't had for two years. And there's this trepidation about war and debt and inflation. And just, you know, it just feels a bit... Argh, at the moment. 
Someone asked me the other day, do we live in the end times? You know, Book of Revelation stuff. And I always give the same answer. Yes, we are absolutely living in the end times. And we've lived in the end times now for 2,000 years. I mean, let's face it, we're not the first to live through storms. World War I, the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, World War II, the Cold War, the worship wars. Right? The last hundred years have been full of storms. But in the midst of that, this life is a wonderful gift. But it comes with genuine, challenging storms. Alright, two things to finish very quickly. Firstly, you are not called to be a solid rock just to build your life upon one, right? One of the lies that we always tell ourselves, uh, I think particularly as Christians, is that we're not going to have any difficult times in our lives. And I, you know, we even sing songs like, a bit like that. You know, if my God is for us, who could be against us? And so I can think of quite a few people that are against us. I can think of quite a few circumstances and situations that are against us. Right? So don't tap into the lie that because we have God, we won't suffer or we won't face giants. One of the bravest things we can do is put up our hands for help. Right? Remember, Jesus and His Word is the solid rock, not you. So be kind to yourself. And then this final thing this morning, do the building now. Do the building now. Yeah, it's one thing I'm so proud of Callum, actually. You know, like, Cal got saved a couple of years ago. Came out of that, you know, those wild early 20s. You know, and Cal has this year committed to just a year of just getting right with God and building his foundations. So he went and did YWAM for a couple of months. You know, he's filling in for Beth here at the church. He's going to go to Poland and help with refugees. And then he's going to go back to Ireland for another three months. And then next year he's going to earn some money. <laughs> but this year, what's he doing this year? He's getting his foundation done, okay? Because Cal wants to live a life that's long haul living for Jesus. Not a bad way to spend a year, buddy. Well done. So do the building now. Put Jesus' words into practice in your life now. That's the great encouragement from today's passage. If we implement the words of Jesus in building our house, our lives, we will stop the things crashing down when the storms come. As those people in Conroy learned, when the storms are raging, it is too late to start building your foundations. You know, I was finished with this story. I, you know, I've told it before. But I love the story of um, Captain Casey Sullenberger and the miracle on the Hudson. Have you seen the movie with Tom Hanks? It's good, right? Um, Sullenberger has taken off from JFK Airport, plane full of passengers, a massive flock of geese hit the plane, kills both engines. Sully needs to decide in a matter of moments what he's going to do. Um, he can't, doesn't have enough altitude to get back to an airport, so he needs to decide in that moment as he just tries to bring the plane down safely on the Hudson River next to New York City. And so in a matter of moments, Sully lands his Airbus passenger plane on the Hudson River in New York, and I remember reading that if it had been a new pilot, 
it, the plane probably would have crashed into the city and it would have been all lost plus huge collateral damage. But Captain Sullenberger was so experienced as a pilot that his instincts kicked in and it came naturally to him to bring the plane down on the river. Right? He didn't have time in that to kind of quickly look up the instructions and to see what to do, right? When the storm comes, you don't have the time to start building the foundations or to start looking up the instructions for how do I get through this situation. And he didn't have time to run a calculation about what would be the most good for the most people. He had to act instinctively. And fortunately, those instincts had been trained by years of experience. Are you with me? When the storm came, when the geese came, when the great test came, his thousands of hours of doing it made him ready to respond. Right? And that's the challenge for us. Get the words of Jesus so deep within you that when you're faced with challenges or trials or temptations or big decisions, you instinctively know how to act as a Christian, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Because his words have gone so deep within your life. How did Sally know what to do? Deep within his heart, his instincts have been trained to know what to do. And so it is with us. We put the words of Jesus into practice. And when the storms and the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and it beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together.